It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, April 27, 2021. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. An international cruise ship line wants to donate $1 million to the city of Sitka with no strings attached. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider the offer from Norwegian Cruise Line's holdings, which the company says is to help mitigate the economic impact of the ongoing cruise suspension in Alaska. According to Fred Reeder at the Cruise Lines Agencies of Alaska, Norwegian Cruise Lines ships have been coming to Sitka for more than two decades. Two of the company's smaller ships, the Regatta and the Seven Seas Mariner, call to port regularly each season. The Norwegian Spirit will sail to Sitka in 2022, and the 1,900-passenger Norwegian Sun is set to sail from Japan to Alaska in April 2023. In an email to KCAW, Public and Government Relations Director Melissa Henshaw said she and City Administrator John Leach were notified of the $1 million offer during a phone meeting with representatives from the cruise line. The company plans to offer other Alaskan communities donations, but Henshaw said that NCLH did not specify which or how many communities will receive similar offers. The Assembly will discuss the offer and could decide to vote on it. According to language in the Assembly's packet, there are no strings attached to the money and no quid pro quo. It's up to the city to decide how to distribute the donation should the Assembly accept it. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. A Coast Guard helicopter crew from Air Station Sitka rescued three boaters and their two dogs after their boat ran aground on Saturday night. One of the mariners was ejected from the boat just north of Juneau in the Gilkey River. The stranded mariners made it safely to the riverbank and built a fire. According to a Coast Guard press release, a friend tried to rescue them with his own vessel on Saturday night, but he was unable to reach them. He contacted Coast Guard watchstanders in Juneau at 6 a.m. on Sunday. A crew from Air Station Sitka arrived shortly after 8 a.m. and transported the three boaters to Juneau for medical care. After weeks at moderate, Sitka's coronavirus alert level shifted back to low over the weekend. Three Sitkins tested positive for the coronavirus last week. A woman in her 20s, a woman in her 50s, and a young person between the ages of 10 and 19 all tested positive. One of the patients was experiencing symptoms at the time of testing, the other two were not. Two of the new cases are related to travel, and one is categorized as community spread. Sitka has reported 360 cases since the start of the pandemic a year ago. Two of the cases are currently active, according to the city's COVID dashboard. The local vaccination rate inched upward last week. According to city data, around 69 percent of eligible Sitkins have received at least one shot. Around 63 percent are fully vaccinated. Concerns around energy independence and high costs have led many places in rural Alaska to look for renewable alternatives to fossil fuels. The Department of Energy recently announced a new program to help remote communities find clean energy solutions. As Aaron McKinstry reports for Alaska's Energy Desk, it will help Sitka and four other Alaska towns explore everything from hybrid fishing vessels to reducing reliance on diesel. Electric vehicle use is on the rise in Alaska, particularly in southeast where many communities rely on renewable hydropower. Electric buses are hitting the streets in Juneau and Toke, and states like Washington are exploring electric ferries as a way to save money and reduce carbon footprints. But what about fishing boats? There really is not much going on in the commercial fishing fleet as far as exploring alternatives to diesel-powered vessels. That's Linda Bankin, executive director of the Sitka-based Alaska Longline Fishermen's Association, or ALFA. 
For years, the organization has worked to increase the fuel efficiency of Sitka's fishing fleet. The next step is to start converting regular diesel-powered vessels to hybrids. We want to find a technology that works at a scale that fits for our our fleet. So the fleet characteristic of Sitka and Southeast, the community-based fishing fleet. That's why they applied for the Federal Energy Transitions Initiative Partnership Project, or ETIP. Over the next year, the pilot project will connect 11 remote communities around the country with national experts to help solve their energy issues. Rob Jordan works for the Renewable Energy Alaska Project, one of ETIP's regional partners. He says the program provides technical assistance rather than outright funding for new equipment like solar panels or wind turbines. The idea here is that you already have the infrastructure in place or you have plans to put the infrastructure in place. And what we're going to do is put really bright minds to the task of figuring out how to make that work absolutely the best possible way it can. Jordan says the geographic isolation of many rural Alaska communities mean they can't tie in to regional energy infrastructure. That drives up energy costs and leaves them particularly vulnerable to impacts from natural disasters and climate change. And so in those places, it's crucially important that we do what we can to develop technologies that are environmentally sensitive, but I think really importantly that they're resilient and that we're not just relying on one or two pieces of technology. Along with helping Alpha develop a hybrid technology for fishing vessels, the program will also assist the five Alaska communities of Dillingham, Aleknagik, Wainwright, Uzinki, and Sitka with renewable energy projects and energy efficiency. City of Sitka spokesperson Melissa Henshaw says they'll use community meetings between national experts and local stakeholders to help hone in on the best use of ETIP resources. But a big priority is increasing local hydroelectric capacity without breaking the bank, especially with possible expansions from the Coast Guard and the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium on the horizon. That will end up consuming a significant amount of the existing hydroelectric generation capacity. So as a result, Sitka's timeline for adding new generation capacity has accelerated from 30 years to more like 5 to 10 years. And that's important for Alpha's project, too. Increasing Sitka's hydroelectric capacity will ensure that the hybrid fishing boats have access to reliable and affordable power. By being more able to take advantage of a local energy source, it's also a clean energy source that really increases the resiliency of our fleet, as well as the bottom line. Bankin says that eventually Alpha hopes a Sitka business could take on hybrid conversions, and they're even looking further into the future at hydrogen power. But for now, she hopes this pilot project can provide a sustainable model for boats around the region. For Alaska's Energy Desk, I'm Erin McKinstry in Sitka. A state ferry remained tied up in Ketchikan with more than 30 passengers and vehicles on board Monday as state officials grappled with a second COVID-19 outbreak among crew and failure of one of the ship's engines. The Matanuska arrived from Bellingham early Sunday and was scheduled to depart Ketchikan midday for ports north with 34 passengers on board and 33 vehicles in the car deck. Two crew members were infected with the coronavirus and taking off the ship last week. The ship sailed again before results of close contacts were returned. 
They came back on Sunday as the Matanuska arrived in Ketchikan, showing at least one new crew member was infected. The entire crew was then retested Sunday, confirming two new infected crew members on board. One left the ship to self-isolate at home in Ketchikan, while the other lives in Juneau and has remained on the vessel. The Matanuska tried to get underway about 12 hours later, but the starboard engine failed and the ferry returned to Ketchikan early Monday where it's awaiting repairs. The Alaska Marine Highway System has not said when the latest repairs are expected to be completed. Demand for COVID-19 vaccines is dwindling in Juneau. More than 61 percent of the city's eligible population is fully vaccinated, so the city isn't planning any more mass vaccination clinics. As KTOO's Bridget Dowd reports, Juneau residents who still want to get their first shot can now turn up to small pop-up clinics instead. When Juneau officials started offering mass vaccination clinics for the COVID-19 shot, demand exceeded supply. They were often giving out more than 1,000 doses per event. But there's been a clear tapering in demand. The most recent first-dose clinic was the city's last. They had capacity for over 1,000 doses but only gave out about 300. Now any Juno organization can apply to have the shots come to them. Robert Barr, Juno's emergency operations chief, says applicants can submit a set number of people who they know will want the vaccines or set up an event on a walk-in basis. There are factors that go into that. What's the potential for walk-ins at the space? Have we done something recently in that, you know, uh, sort of small geographic area around the site? Two churches hosted pop-up clinics on Monday. Brad Perkins is the program coordinator for Resurrection Lutheran Church. He says he thought offering vaccines during their month-end food pantry was the perfect opportunity. The last Monday of the month is usually our busiest because people are running out of money. So we'll see at least um, uh, 50, 60 people today picking up food. So we had a pretty good guess that we could get a number of people to come through and do this. Jess Brown is the wellness coordinator for the city and hospital. She was at the pop-up clinic helping patients schedule their follow-up appointments. It's been really exciting to get some shots in arms. Um, I've had people come in and they are actually in tears because they are just so grateful and so ready to be past um, this whole last year. Brown says public health is all about meeting people where they're at. Not everyone feels comfortable uh, in different locations, and so we might have a group that just feels more secure and comfortable getting it here, and um, it feels like a, a more trusted process. Kyle Asai Lau received his first shot at the church and says it gives him peace of mind. I did grow up with asthma, so I know I was a high-risk factor patient. So getting the vaccination would just make myself safer along with the people I live with. And for those still worried about getting the shot, he says, just go for it. In Juno, I'm Bridget Dowd. I'm Aaron Fulton, and this has been Raven News.